The so-called Ukrainian Conor McGregor is apparently nothing but a big old myth, a big old lie. And apparently he's also not that great when it comes to UFC caliber talent because Alonzo Menafield put him in his place real quick. We got some more Herb Dean controversy coming up. It's seeming like that's becoming a at least a monthly thing of fortune for what used to be the best ref in MMA. Then also we have a crazy matchup. That's very likely at the featherweight division, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Also, the UFC goes back to Singapore this weekend, where we get to possibly see the crowning of Yuri Prohaska, or Old Man Glover gets the job once again, and is Valentina in for the hardest test of her title run? We're going to see, because of course, this is UFC Talk 91. I'm your host, Ross Allen, joined alongside by the best MMA correspondent in the business, Blake and Blake, how are we feeling after what was well, a you know good good night of fights overall with UC Vegas fifty six? Yeah, I mean there's a healthy amount of finishes I'd say, and you know pretty good entertainment. The main event didn't disappoint in my opinion. Uh, of course, besides the Herb Dean controversy, and I say controversy in air quotes, but yeah, we're we're going. I'm pretty sure we had the same thoughts on it, but we're going to get into it. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, overall overall a great fight card in my opinion for a. Uh, you know, just a regular Saturday non-pay-per-view fight card. Uh, can't really I, complain another, too much. Dude, I gotta say, I think the afternoon time slot is underrated. I, I enjoy it. For, like, fight nights and, like, non-super high-caliber cards, I think it's a great spot. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I was able to go out and get an early dinner afterwards. So, I'm, I mean, you can't complain with that. Getting a little extra time to spend with your loved ones and do some other activities rather than just... Uh, Watching people punch each other in the face, which you I mean, have loved ones. Congrats! Love that. Hey, I'll, so I'm do impressed. you, bro. I, lo I love you. <laughs> yeah, gives me more time. You. Gives me more time to you know shoot you. But a couple we don't texts. spend much time together. You're, you're you're stuck in California, man. I know. I need to get out yeah. of here. It's hey, too you'll, hot. you'll be up here for the wedding next year. It's all good, right? Oh, absolutely, dude. Just send absolutely. me that invite, and I'm there. Dude, you already got the invite. You're going to get better. Huh? Uh, I don't want to go into it because I know some people may watch this. <laughs> <laughs> dude that's one thing uh there's a lot of drama that you could cause just by who you invite and who you don't to a wedding my yeah. word i feel like it's mostly family though you know you gotta get the family all the invited and taken care of and then after that i, I feel like friends are a little bit more understanding but uh but yeah it's, yeah. it's tough it's kind of like the myspace top friends deal you might be a little too young for that but uh definitely i got know what some, you're talking about don't or maybe worry. Maybe for you, Snapchat top friends back in the day, you know? Snapchat. I was also never big. I didn't get into MySpace much. Never really got into Snapchat much. No, I dude, it was it was bad. It would like take data for for like who you Snapchatted and stuff, and it would like it used to be you could see everyone's top friends list. Like it would show their like three most Snapchatted oh, people. Is it so, private now? Yeah, now it's private. But you can still <laughs> if if you're best friends with that person, it'll show like an emoji or whatever, like a smiley face. Uh -huh. And if it's like the same, you know, or if you have like the same person in your top friends, it'll show like a little cool glasses, smiley face, dude. Ooh, so you but can so know certain if, things. You can know if you only talk to that person and they don't talk to you kind yeah. of in a way. Yeah, like if they're on your top friends, then it'll show. But if you're not on their top friends, then it'll also show you that. So it's, it's it can it can cause a little drama. But, but yeah, I, I digress. It. I love drama. <laughs> Drama's fun. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's it, it's a, a big old mess right there. I will hold the honor, the distinction of 
having a Snapchat score here, I think last time I checked, it is ridiculously low, and I am very proud about that, especially compared to the, some of the other people my age. Here, all right, Blake, we're going to guess it. Um, let me let me find it. Also, like, man, this is how I. Okay, I found it. Um, let's see, let's see, how close can you get to my Snapchat short, uh, score? Take a guess. Take a guess. What do you think it is? Um, shoot, I don't know. Four, four thousand. Four thousand. You sure. know, I wish. I'm actually at 14. Oh, 14,000. Okay, there you go. It's a, it's a bummer. I was pretty active on it back in the day. I think mine's like 78,543. 78, Dang. Okay. But uh, well, that was all probably, you know, 24, probably 2014, 2015 to like 2018, 19. I barely well, do, used that Compared shit to like some of the other friends, like people I've seen on Snapchat and stuff like that, there's people with like 100,000 easy. I... I don't understand that. I think I've been using it. So technically I've had Snapchat since like, I think my junior year of high school. So it's been what, six years. I have 14,000 and then people out here, you know, using for way less and have like a million. I, you guys need to get off Snapchat. Sweet damn. Kid. <laughs> yeah. What happened? What happened to texting people with phone numbers, Blake? That's that. Am I, am I like a boomer for, for thinking that for being old fashioned? No, I mean, I think uh, I definitely I still have a few Snapchat text people. groups, you know, and I still yeah. I still text like the lady and all that stuff. But good, but good, good. but I don't know. Like Instagram's definitely made it, you know, like they kind of closed the gap in that sense with the group yeah. chats, and you can send videos and all that. Well, it's just it's era just where, like you ask someone for their, especially dudes asking girls for their Snapchat. I'm like, go for the number, man. Like, yeah. Definitely. Right. <laughs> you, no, you, I go. You know I go I mean? for the. I go for the number for sure. If I was still in the hey, game. Hey, you don't need to anymore though, because my boy Blake is moving up in the world. Hell yeah! <laughs> shout hey, out, shout out the girl. Hey, shout out the girl because I can fill on on my guest list. I can fill in Blake's plus one with the real name now. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't have. Uh, you don't have to ha worry about me bringing like a, a a guy friend or something. A rando. <laughs> Some chicken at the, the airport. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. It's just oh. going to be legit. Hey, look at this. We got on a super untopical rant nice and early into the show. I hope you haven't clicked off yet because we're actually going to talk about MMA now. Believe it or not, because we're going to start things off with UFC Vegas 56. And one of the things we got to ask ourselves every time we have a fight night, Blake, did the banger sit? Um, let me remind myself. It was Danny Ige and Evilev, right? Yeah, which and was an exciting fight. Ode Osborne, Osborne, right? Versus... Um, yes, Abishev. super glad you put Ode up there. And then Alonzo Menafield versus Oscar Mazarov. Is that who I went for the third? Yes, sir. I mean, I would say those pretty much all... Like, the probably the boringest one was the Evilev-Danny Ige fight, and it wasn't that boring. No, it wasn't. It was competitive. I mean, you didn't get a finish, obviously. A uh, little bit of... It looked lane. like he was about to. I mean, we can get into that fight yeah. in, in, a, in a few minutes, but... If there, it wasn't there were some slow points. Probably... <laughs> there were definitely some slow points, but... But yeah. yeah, I mean, I would say the bangers hit out of all the fights on that card. There were definitely some other ones that, that might have been a little more exciting, but... I mean, Maybe Trezano in Almeida? Yeah, like that was a crazy third-round uh, yes, finish. It was. So, yes, it was. 
And and that one was I think we highlighted that one um talking yeah, about how did. he he won the ultimate fighter for mm-hmm. uh, I think it was DC's right DC and Stipe season. I yeah yeah that's what we were talking about. And also yeah. I have to shout uh, Tony Gra- um Gravely as well. He got yeah, that, the first round knockout. That was a good knockout too. That was a great punch. <laughs> that was a fun knockout. Dude, it was cool. It, like the way it sounded it was like a club, you know, just like I don't know. It was just a sweet sound. <laughs> it was it's it's a punch that I do not want to get hit by. Um, that that's yeah. for sure. You know, um, if I get hit by that, I I'm going to be feeling that for <laughs> for sure. Definitely. Um, right. But that was good stuff. Well, I want to get into a little bit more with this one going off the bangers, and um, let's talk about that Ascar um, Moserov kind of guy because. We, if you remember, last week when we were trying to look up his record and stuff like that, we are having some issues because there were multiple records. Like, they are all different, a few different spots. Sherdog, Tapology, Google, um, all that fun stuff. And uh, there's a reason to it because this guy is a freaking liar, Blake. The night before the fights, he goes from 25-7 and 7 to 19-12. and 12. That is a sharp drop-off right there. And I... It, it's also a guy that says he doesn't copy Conor McGregor, but his nickname is literally the Ukrainian Conor McGregor. I'd be willing to put a bet that Conor McGregor got those tats first. And, you know, the best part about it, Alonzo Menafield does in the MMA community a big favor and puts him into a brutal crucifix position and elbows away his forehead until the ref um, calls a fight. I'm glad they turned out that way because um, Asgard's kind of a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, that was a gnarly crucifix. I mean, I don't think very often we've seen s- something that violent from that position, but... Maybe Valentina was the last time. I mean, what was that? UFC 265? Three? Yeah, something like that. But I don't yeah. know, man. He he caved that dude's face in. It was, it was pretty brutal. <laughs> I was pretty happy with it. What do you think about this guy, though? How how does this get past the UFC? Does the UFC not do a great job in, in you know actually tracking some of these fighters, or did he get a good you know jump on the UFC? What what do you think went wrong here? Dude, I don't I, I don't, even, <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, it's it's weird. Like I heard the guy was like changing his name or doing some weird things. Uh, so I mean, he was really doing everything in his power to kind of like buff up his record. Uh, but definitely, I think UFC needs to do a better job, obviously, at uh, at sniffing these things out before it, you know, before all this stuff gets finalized. But <clears throat> I mean, it looks like they they figured it out at the last at the last second. So maybe, right. you maybe think- just the only critique is a little sooner next time, right? And, and what you think about him though, because he's you know essentially he lies to to the UFC. You know, um, if he was ni- if the UFC knew he was nineteen and twelve, there's a great chance he doesn't get this opportunity to fight in the promotion, and then he goes out and gets his ass whipped in the first round. You cut him. I mean, I think so. He didn't yeah. really show anything that was like, oh, we should really keep this guy around, or maybe you know, brings in a bunch of fans. the lower levels of Bellator. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I I don't know. It kind of shows your character, his character too, with mm-hmm. with what he. Uh, kind of did so i don't think it's a big loss for them he's he's a nobody so it's like who cares kind of cut your losses and there's really no losses so it's like cut your dead weight <laughs> just, just cut the it was baggage a good, right? it was a good headline though right i mean it got some got some got some headlines this week 
He might be able to, uh, you know, purely off a of name value alone, he might be able to get on some indie or uh, some regional circuits. Yeah, maybe. Change uh, his name back again. To, back to Ukraine. Clean record. <laughs> Gosh, dude. Well, Is that yeah, all it takes? You just change your name and you, you get a, a new record? You know what was oh, funny, no. too? Is uh, I, I figured out last week when we were talking about the Ultimate Fighter, that Bobby Maximus guy, the 40-something-year-old dude. Yeah. He actually got his name changed. I don't know if it's like official or whatever, but he's going by oh. Bobby Maximus now. And uh, I can't remember what his name was before, but kind of well, similar, but obviously didn't. His record stayed the same. Like he didn't. He didn't get a new record because he changed his name. Well, maybe because he's not a damn cheater. Um, yeah. Maximus does sound like a cool name, anyway. That's like it sounds like an old Roman legionary, that uh, yeah. gladiator. You know that that's a Absolutely. fighter name right there. Also, speaking of which, he fought on on last tough, right? Yeah, do you want me to ruin it for you or what? Yeah, I'm not going to watch it. Ruin it? Uh, okay. I mean, in the go. most predictable Spoiler fashion. Spoiler alert. Blake is going to tell us about one of the worst seasons of Tough I've seen. Uh, I, let, I let's mean, have it. Do you think that a 40-something-year-old dude would win in a fight against, like, a really young buck in, a, in the heavyweight division? Like, just common sense. I was sense. hoping, man. Was, was it competitive, at least? Actually, the first... Did it go two rounds? I can't remember if it went two rounds. or I think it did go two rounds. Okay. The first round, he was actually doing pretty good. He got, like, a takedown or two. But mm -hmm. you could tell he just gassed. Like, he gassed uh, out. Damn. And then uh, the dude, like, the number one pick on Nunez's team, I can't freaking remember his name. Um, he's pretty slick, actually. Like, his hands are pretty damn good. I, he's, he's, like, he a big boy, favorite. right? Yeah, he's he's a big boy, and he trains at AKA. Um, and so he ended up just kind of piecing him up and, and taking him out. So it wasn't really That's too hard. I want to say it was a second-round finish. And then... Um, last night's fight was actually probably my favorite fight of the season, almost. Uh, oh, which like one was that? Juliana girl. She's the was one that, that kind of the one with the red hair that like I like they put a clip where she had to cut her hair to make weight. Yeah, that's Claire. Okay, so she fought against this Juliana girl who's kind of like she has the hoop earrings and shit, and uh, kind of talks with like a weird accent, like a little girl oh, I, almost. Yeah, yeah, but. I but yeah, I mean, it was a good fight. I don't know if you want me to spoil that one, too. Yeah, go ahead. I'm not going to watch. Yeah, Ju I mean, Juliana with a, a, a close... Well, not really too close in the end, but it was hotly contested up until the third round, I'd say. And then she she just kind of pulled away. It looked like Claire kind of got exhausted a little bit. But it was a good fight. I mean, they were throwing down. Like, the first round was awesome. The second round, Juliana started to turn the tide. Third round, she really just solidified it. And, but a uh, good fight, though. Yeah, and I mean, Dana White even afterwards wanted to talk to Juliana, so I mean, it was, it was a good performance. She, you could you could kind of see the dog in her, you know? She really wanted to win that fight. I like that. I like that. Okay. It was a rematch, okay. too, because they had already fought beforehand. Oh. So it, it had a little bit of hype behind it, too. I can respect that, then. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Pretty that's cool. not horrible. Kind of Still nothing crazy, to... though. Nothing. No coaches challenge yet. No, uh... Still? Is no big like drama. There was one five. girl that cried last last episode, but it was just it was really stupid and it was over some dumb shit. Oh, it wasn't over her dad dying. That was that was a different. No, it was so the Juliana girl that fought. Um, yeah, this the girl that thought she was like supposed to win it all. Like the I, I want to say black, but I don't think she's black. She's like Colombian or Cuban, South or, American, or some, some type of something. You know what I mean? I can't okay. remember where she yeah. came from, but. Uh, she was saying, like, oh, I saw you were sizing me up earlier, blah, 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 because Juliana asked her for a hug or something. And then and then Juliana just starts, like, crying, saying, like, oh, I, I only wanted a hug, you know, like, my grandma, she says 
the 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 most important thing in the world to her is a hug from her is a hug from her loved ones and just starts crying and shit and it's just it was ah, dumb. that's it not good dumb. TV. It was kind of cringy, but I mean, other than oh. that, yeah, nothing, like, nothing I, really I, of note. I understand the other, when you know, your your dad dying. That's um, that's something to cry over. Um, someone reject. I, oh, gosh, dude. Yeah. Uh. It was weird because like that one girl was super on edge, like out of nowhere. You're like, whoa, what the hell? Like she, what happened she there? asked you for a hug. What are you talking about? And then the other girl just starts crying. You're like, okay, like. <laughs> So it's What's it's just a cap show for, on on either side. That sounds so yeah. stupid. Oh, know, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping at some at some point there's something something worth something. watching. Something would be nice. I I appreciate something. But let's move <sighs> on from the horribleness that's tough. It goes something that was horrible from one guy that was Dan Ige because he got ran through by uh, Mob Sorry Evelov um, because dude he's a wrestling machine. He's showing great. He's showing improved striking as well. That flying knee was pretty tight, and if it wasn't for Dan Ige's iron chin, I don't think that he w- that fight would have gone the distance. And at this point, I'm not sure if Dan Ige will ever be back near the top of the division. And it looks like uh, Mobsar is on his way to a title shot. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, who Mobsar gets next. I mean, there's already a couple decent options for him out there. But, uh, I'm thinking Bryce Mitchell. What are you thinking? Bryce Mitchell would be cool. Um, yeah, I think that would be a good one because that would kind of be like the the prove it fight for both of them. Like, okay, who's ready for that next step towards the mm-hmm. title? Because um, mm-hmm. I think Bryce definitely he took out Edson his last fight, right? So he definitely deserves a chance to kind of solidify his spot in the. In he the whooped top Edson's ass. Five last, to but not just took him out. He whooped his ass for three yeah. rounds. Yeah. Hey, I called that dude. I picked him. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Respect, respect to Blake. Give him, Took him to the give bone. Him his flowers. Him to the bone. Here, here. Yeah, I'll, I mean that would you... be a good fight. I'd like to see. I'd like to see those two dudes go at it. Because I mean, good luck keeping Bryce on the ground like that. And right. Bryce has slick striking too, so it'd, it'd be cool to see who could implement their game plan. I think that'd be a fun one. Real quick, Blake, just just for your going back to your prediction, it's in Barbosa. I'll give you something. Can you can just just take your hand, put it over. Take your right hand, put it over your left shoulder. And then pat yourself twice. There you go. There you go. That's all we're giving you. Congrats, by the way. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited. Five night predictions are fire. They have um, no need to. Well, I got I got half right. I got the winner right th- this week. You know, just not the. You picked what second round finish? I think I picked second. Yeah. Yeah. It was so first. Hey, you were pretty right, man. Volkov by knockout. That's good stuff. Yeah, I just didn't expect them to get going. Like, it it seemed like Jarzinho hit him with, like, those two shots that kind of, like, pissed Volkov off. And then the Volkov, Volkov just, just went for it. unloaded. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> right. And we'll get to that in a second. Um, but going back to the featherweights, um, I'm really excited to see how this plays out because the next opponent for um, Mobstar is going to be great. He moves at three spots to number 10 now, takes an Ige spot. Um, and then next week, we get to sh- see how uh, the top of the division is going to shake up between Calvin Cater and Josh Emmett, which has big um, implications on the line. We're seeing other fighters talk about wanting to fight um, the Korean Zombie. Got Arnold Allen talking um, or calling him out after Mobstar tries to call out Arnold Allen. I'd rather Arnold fight up and not down. Um, as well, and also, you know, even um, now we even have Bryce Mitchell going Twister versus Twister against Chan Sung Jung. So, 
what, what do you think happens in this uh, featherweight uh, division? Do you think maybe Mobstar says sell with the loser of Emma versus Cater? Does he get the winner? What do you see here? I don't really think Mobstar has the uh, ability to really call out the top dogs yet. Mm-hmm. Roman I think fight? He, yeah, I think he could definitely settle for the loser <clears throat> of the Cater and Emmett fight. Or he could get an Allen, uh, a, a Korean zombie, a Bryce Mitchell, one of those guys in that area. Mm-hmm. So I think any of those guys would really would really be a good option for him. But I don't think he can start calling for you know, winners of, uh, of title contending fights yet, basically, you know, like I can't, I don't think you can call out like a Yair or a Brian who I'm no. pretty sure they're matched up. I don't yeah. think you can call out, you know, the winner of those fights for, are they fighting longer? I can't, I can't tell you off the top of my head. I just know I, that I that fight got, uh, announced very, I just recently. know that, that, that fight night in Long Island looks freaking great right now, especially with Billy Q on the card. Yeah, hundred percent. Shout Billy Q, man. Dude, dude's yeah. underrated. He's a he's one of those guys that's pretty much a certified banger at this point. For the most part, yeah. I don't think I've seen a bad fight of his. Exactly. I I'm a huge fan. Uh, but let's get into that main event there. Like we kind of were talking about between uh, Volkov kind of getting on, in on Rose early. I think Rosenstruck is now one in three in his last four fights after and after entering the UFC with a undefeated record. That's a tough position to be in. But even Volkov getting a really clean, well, I guess I wouldn't say really clean knockout when he did get the TKO finish in, in this fight in the first round. But he's also in a weird spot because he's kind of already fought everyone near the top of that division but also before we get into trying to guess what's next for these guys this wasn't bad stoppage man i i i don't know i just gotta say that because i could see how it could come off as a questionable stoppage and i totally understand rosenstrike's point uh, about this being questionable questionable stoppage because no rosenstrike was not out he tweeted you know was someone laying flat on the canvas with their eyes uh with their eyes closed no that was not the case but also I think Rosenstrike was kind of toast there. What, what do you think? I definitely don't think it was a bad stoppage. Yeah. I, think I guess it was... it's not a great stoppage, but it's not a bad stoppage. Yeah, I mean, you could have let him get punched in the face a couple more times, but, I mean, I think the result was going to stay how it turned out. Yeah. I don't think there's any, like, giving... Giving him more time or anything like that's not going to change anything. I'm pretty sure Volkov was just going to continue just pounding his face. <laughs> so, you know, if he wasn't knocked out by then, he's probably just going to. I mean, his knees buckled, man. When, when you see some of his knees buckle like that, it's a pretty good yeah. sign. Yeah, no, he was hurting for sure. Um, but you ask where where do we go from here? I think yeah. for uh, for Rosenstroik, I mean, what do you think about a guy like Daukus? Do you think uh, or Daukus, I should say? I think that might be the perfect uh, perfect fight. Because I think that would be both kind of coming off losses, right? You know, hot prospects, couple losses. They swing and bank, you know, 9-8 uh, right there, too, with the rankings. Yeah, and I'm sure, like, that'll be fluid. Like, they might drop one or two more each, but yeah, they're still right, right there neck and neck with each other right now. And I think it would be a pretty entertaining fight. They have decently similar builds. I mean, Chris uh-huh. is probably a little lighter, obviously, and... Jarzino might be a little more stocky, but... I'm still hoping Chris drops to light heavyweight, to be honest. Yeah, that's another thing, too, I was wondering, is if, if he's going to stick it out at heavyweight. But mm-hmm. I think if he does, that would be an interesting fight. That would be that would be a fun one. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
that would suck if Rosenstrike loses that one because, I don't know, Rosenstrike is probably a lost way from getting cut, unfortunately. Yeah. Ugh, bit of a bummer because he's good too. But yeah. that top of that UFC heavyweight division is just killers that will knock you out in one hit. And with Volkov too, it's kind of cool seeing Volkov get back to not only winning, but winning with in knockout fashion. Mm-hmm. Been, it, it feels like it's been a while since, since we've seen that side of him. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough to tell what we do with him because I think everyone else is kind of tied up, right? Like, uh, I want to say Stipe is most likely fighting Jones, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Uh, Blades versus, is it Blades versus Aspinall or is it Blades versus Tuivasa? Uh, Blades versus Aspinall. It's Tuivasa versus Gone at Paris. Right. So everyone's pretty much tied up right now. So it's Maybe you can do a Marcin Tabura against Volkov and turn, but Volkov would be teetering on gatekeeper status at that point for the top 10. I'm not sure. I kind of feel like you just put him on ice. Just kind of put him on ice and see, see where the chips fall. Like let some of these... Let some of these heavyweight fights play out. Like maybe you can fight a loser or a winner of some of those fights. Like maybe sure. the winner of Lewis versus Pavlovich. Like, dude, if if Tui Vasa lost, which probably is going to happen, or if Aspinall loses, like the I don't think he's fought either of those guys yet. I'm sure he could fight. He just those lost guys. Aspinall. You've seen London, homie. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah, so I I think best bet is Tui Vasa top- though. Tui Voss if he loses, or the winner of Lewis and, and Pavlovich. And that's why I'm saying it's way too early to even think about it right now. You've got to let some yeah. of these chips fall. Like, there's just too much it's that so, has to play out. It's so weird with Volkov, though, because he's a, clearly a great heavyweight, but I don't think he'll ever be in title contention again. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Got to gotta let it play out. He's we'll a big see what happens. Himself, right? Uh, that's gonna be a fun one to see, though. Uh, I am. If, remember, like if the early, you know, uh, like a while ago, the UFC heavyweight division was not in a good state. There's been stretches over the last five years where the UFC heavyweight division wasn't necessarily in a great state. Right now, the heavyweight division might be as good as it's ever been, and so that's super exciting. Um, you know, is a fan has to be super exciting. Is a fighter and for promotion itself, it must be great, uh, nice seeing. Um, your division having one of the greatest eras it has ever had. Um, but that's going to do it for our ta- our uh, thoughts when it comes to UC Vegas 56. Let's get your opinions on the stoppage in the main event. Does uh, Herb Dean deserve the slack he's getting? Or should we give that man a little bit of credit? What's going to happen be, uh, with Dan Ige in, the, um, in his career at the top of the uh, featherweight division? Is Mavsar Ivolev going to be a future champion? And your thoughts on... Uh, you so-called Ukrainian Conor McGregor as well. But before we get into the next segment, which is what the blank, just want to shout out a couple of things. Of course, you can find all of our stuff over at thefourthandlong.com. All of our MMA-centric stuff over at thefourthandlong.com forward slash MMA. We want to give a huge shout out to our homies. Um, shout out to uh, Greg with the And Then Some uh, podcast. Shout out to Chris with the um, un, uh, Unmatched MMA uh, show as well as the boys over at Slip the Jab all run the tight ship, and I really, uh, you know, respect the hell out of them. I think they do a great job, and you guys should check them out as well. Um, but one thing I uh, want to get into now, Blake, is there's been some pretty cool news um, with Dana White actually being interested in something that can save Tough, possibly. There's a lot 
of foreign cards taking place this year um, with talks of Canada as well. And we're getting into some. There's two fighters on UFC Vegas, uh, or excuse me, UFC 275. I don't know, maybe soon enough here we will get UFC Vegas 275 with the way it's looking. Damn. Um, but there's some crazy woman on this fight or on this card with some impressive as hell championship runs. And we're going to get into that because it's time for what the blank as Blake fills in the blanks on three statements and where we say what the blank to Blake where each statement has a blank at either the beginning, the middle, or the end, and it's up to Blake to fill in the blank with whatever he so blanking chooses. Of course, for those that don't know how this works, kind of like I said there, three statements for Blake. Um, and it's up to him to fill in the blank with anything he so chooses. It could be a statement, it could be a word, it could be an entire essay. It is entirely up to him. But start us off, Blake. Great news for us tough fans because this season, safe to say, has been great. But there is one thing that can save it, and that's this first statement where Tony Ferguson versus Khabib Nurmagomedov on tough would be blank. Uh, it would be, I think it would be pretty phenomenal. I mean, two guys that uh, for sure don't like each other, but I think they would have a <laughs> I think they would have a good business relationship, though. I think they would both be able to kind of realize the opportunity that's kind of in front of them. And, and I like think... Jail and Vanderlei. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I, well, I mean, I don't know necessarily like that. Like, Vanderlei. I don't know if Vanderlei understood the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. kind of have to explain it to them. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think I think Tony and, and Habib are probably a lot more business savvy, plus newer age guys. They kind of get mm -hmm. the whole promotional standpoint of everything. So, yeah, I think it would be fun. I think it would be awesome for the fighters. I mean, you get to learn from two, uh, I mean, one arguably GOAT and two, one of the best of all time, like mm -hmm. possibly top three to five of light, light, you know, the lightweight division of all time, just considering like his run, uh, talking about Tony. So I think fighters would benefit, the fans would benefit, the promotion would benefit. Uh, the only shitty thing would be, obviously, it'd be like Conor McGregor and Uriah Faber, how they didn't fight. But yeah. I still think it would be super entertaining. I mean, you know they're going to get into some shenanigans when they, you know, when they're together. <laughs> is, uh, wait, who do you think is going to um, give, um, who is going to give who a slice of tiramisu or leave it in the locker oh, room or something Tony, like that? Tony, obviously. Tony's <laughs> going to be having tiramisu on lock, I guarantee it. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, and then you see Khabib placing TV cables everywhere. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be tons of, uh, tons of ammunition, I would say. Oh, that'd be On so great. On both sides. Right? Oh, man. That'd be good because, like you say, even though they won't fight, I think just entertainment value alone for them being coaches would be off the charts, you know? Yeah. Super competitive. I would love to see. I would genuinely love to see Tony is a coach as well. Yeah, I mean, just he would, he would like. be crazy, probably. But, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure his honest. trainings are probably tough as hell. Whose team would you rather be on if you were a fighter drafted to either guy? Who would you rather be on, Team Khabib or Team Tony? Well, I mean, you know me. I'm probably more of a Tony guy. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm Too a much crazy wrestling ass. with Khabib. <laughs> Too much wrestling, um, but I mean, I still would respect that. Like, that would definitely be like if I really wanted to win, probably Habib. Yeah. But uh, if I'm confident in my abilities and and I kind of just want to go there, have fun and and uh, and kind of vibe, 
you know, be with a coach that I'll probably get along with better and probably get mm-hmm. more out of. And I'd, I'd probably go with Tony. But I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm the sure trainings Habib would be is... a lot of fun. You'd be doing oh, yeah. randomest stuff. You'd be doing you parkour, know, maybe... <laughs> some, nin- some ninja workouts, two hours of parkour every day. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Habib, it's like you're just going to be getting your ass beat. You know, you're just going to yeah. be getting freaking ragdolled. You're just going to get. It's just ten hours a day of wrestling and the um, and uh, the uh, the battle bike. Yeah, an occasional practice of an uh, of an overhand or something. Maybe a jab. Every now and then. That's a little. That's a little too much though. A little, a little One too per technical. hour. <laughs> I will say, Kiwi does have a good jab though. <clears throat> but that would be. A fantastic season, tough, guaranteed. Um, but also one of the next things we're going to talk about here is that we're seeing, um, obviously we're getting UFC P- uh, Paris later this year. Um, and then also later this week, we're getting UFC in Singapore. We're seeing maybe talks of Australia again. We're seeing talks of Canada again. So um, with this being said, and kind of talk about a uh, question for that quiz I had for you last week as well. If you missed that quiz, the hardest, I'll deem the hardest fan quiz um, for uh, UFC Gave it to Blake last week. He said that was a lot of fun. Go check that one out. Um, but statement number two, Blake, is that the best non-U.S. city to host a pay-per-view is blank. Is this like personal preference or like, personal like preference. I, could, I could choose any city to have? I'll give you personal. Or, or personal. is it or is it like where it's been held before? Like what's my favorite that it's been held at before? How about you? Ch- if you can choose of any city that there has or has not been a car that already. If I could just pick a city for it to go to. Non-US um, city, yep. I feel like it would be kind of sick. I don't know if this would even be possible, but like, what if you like souped up one of the old, I mean, I it's probably illegal and impossible, it's, you know, but like, what if you went to Rome and like souped up one of the old Colosseums? Co- oh, shit. Dude, Dude, that would the actual Roman call. That would be, that would be legit. But I guarantee, like, you probably it's you know, close to the that probably. many people of the public. I'm sure you can get like tours and stuff, but probably so can't hold events there. So I'm hearing Blake. Instead of Fight Island Abu Dhabi, the UFC should go to like an island of Italy, maybe like you know Sicily or something like that. Maybe somewhere with land, and recreate the Roman Colosseum to host fights in. Dude, that'd be sick. <laughs> that would be badass. That would genuinely be bad. Even if it was something like where there were no fans in attendance and just TV crews, but they put an octagon in the middle of what's now the Coliseum, in the, or the Coliseum ruins. It'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> I love, I was not expecting, I love that idea. Dude, UFC Rome? Dude, that'd be yeah. insane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the UFC Pope. Rome Coliseum. Oh, dude, I love the way. Are we going to Dana White? You know, um, you know, giving the thumbs up or down? Yeah, like should I just punch this guy's head off? Should I, <laughs> should I Max Griffin chop this guy's ear off with my elbow? <laughs> oh, jeez, dude. Uh, that would be great. Or, uh, or I guess another way to do that as well, if you want to include the the you know the the decisions of uh, up or down. Um, you can even almost have like some contender series fights. So either you get the contract or you don't. There you go, dude. And then the loser, if you don't get the contract, you get fed to lions. Easy. Yeah. Just get rid yeah. of them. 
<laughs> that, that's what's going to happen to the Asgard guy. Oh, <laughs> shit. That's what you get, liar. <laughs> Just went to lions. <laughs> Chop his arm oh. off after the fight. Oh, <laughs> Let's go back to that. You know, maybe his fans, like, we just gotta do something where just one of the days where the fights, we eat nothing but, you know, artisan bread and drink wine. Like the good old Roman days. Some grapes, maybe some olives. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Dude. That, that's that's part of my diet already. Exactly. Well, you know, the bread is, you know, I, I do grapes, not necessarily wine, though. Hey, wine's awesome, I'll tell you right now. I'll substitute for grape juice. I'll there do that. There you go. Yeah. I'll... I'll I'll, we'll just get a loaf of bread and some grape juice. You'll have your loaf of bread and wine, and we'll, we'll watch some fights. There you go. We'll, you want to even wear, like, we'll t take some, like, bed sheets. We'll, we'll make our own togas, man. What would Jesus togas. do? Um, Jesus would probably be very nice to the Romans and not fight them. Hmm. At least not physically. He fights them with words. That's my Jesus. All right. Um, now... Last statement, moving on from Rome, I don't know how we topped that one, but last statement, uh, especially with the fighters like Valentin Shevchenko, who's on a tear, and um, Yohan Leon Jacek, who, who arguably is, I mean, especially since, you know, we know how that rose in Esparza fight, you know, and that she is still the greatest woman's strawweight of all time. Uh, this one is blank, is the best woman's championship reign in the UFC. Hmm. Well, probably Amanda Nunes for the moment, mm -hmm. but I think Shevchenko is is coming for that. Uh, kind of coming for that title. Yeah. Uh, just just because Nunes lost to Pena, but I mean, if she can go, if she can go and regain her title, like get her belt back, I think that kind of solidifies her reign, and then <clears throat> maybe get like a couple more defenses after that. That'll that'll really mm -hmm. solidify it. But I, I think so far Amanda, just because of who should be like the Rouseys, the Holmes, the uh, Cyborgs? I mean, he, she's just beat some really phenomenal Shevchenko people. Shevchenko too. Shevchenko. Yeah. I mean, she's just beat some amazing people, and uh, Shevchenko hasn't achieved the um, double champ status. Even though some people might say, "Oh, it's it's one forty five and one thirty five. It's not that <laughs> impressive." Whatever. She's still got two belts. Hey, man, knew that's still the undisputed UFC featherweight woman's yep. champion in the, in the yeah. world. <laughs> with exactly with exactly zero fighters being ranked underneath her, that's awesome. It's but, uh, so, but yeah, I, I think it's Amanda Nunes. You know, I, I just think yeah. as of right now, it's got to still be her. Um, Shevchenko has a ways to go. I, I I'd say until uh, until she can pass that up. But I mean, she's definitely on the right track. Where'd you rank uh, Joanna's uh, strawweight run? Maybe third then. Third for sure. It's it's still, in my opinion, still really really impressive. I mean, she was up there and just kind of dominating that division for a few years. Yeah. And then uh, really just got taken out by Rose and then and Wei Li. I mean, she gets her chance now to uh, patch things up with Wei Li and and, and yeah, like I thought that she wrong. won that first one anyway. So this is gonna be a fun it was fight. close. It was close. And, her, and the look know, of her face definitely didn't help, probably, in the judges' opinions. <laughs> the hematoma did not look great. And I would love to get into that fight because we're going to move on from what the blank, of course. Give us your thoughts. What city would you love, or venue even, would you love to see a UFC pay-per-view take place? What is the greatest women's championship reign of all time? And what would happen if Khabib 
and Tony Ferguson were c- tough coaches. But let's jump into UFC 275 here because what I want to take a look at, especially we get part two of Yarny and Jacek versus Zhang Wei Li in, in a fight where, you know, Yuana definitely, at very least, arguably won the first fight. This is a hell of a rematch. It's the greatest women's fight of all time. Two of the greatest women's strawweights of all time. You have the greatest one in there. You have, um, you know, Wei Li with the chance of getting that still, I'd argue, even though she's lost to, um, even though she's lost to Rose twice, there's still a chance in there. Maybe just not the best one. But this is a fun, um, this is a fun card. This is going to be interesting seeing the, the road to the UFC fights taking place with those local fighters um, in, in the days leading up to this card. Uh, unfortunately, we're not getting Robert Whitaker versus Marvin Vittori. That would really put uh, this card over the top. But, um, you know, we still get some great ones mixed in. We get to see some local talent taking place. We get to see the return of Blake's favorite, or at least formerly favorite, uh, Dana Batrigal. Is he is he still on your nice list? Oh, yeah. I'm still I'm okay. still looking forward okay. to his fights. But uh, definitely took a damper with that last fight. We'll, we'll see if he can bounce back. That, that's for sure. <laughs> um, definitely going to take a look at that one. And uh, we also, I mean, it's a decent main card um ramazan amiv and and jack and jack della is is a guy that brings it so that could be a fun fight as well i like um manuel cape and and, and bontorin good fight uh unfortunately they really do kind of feel more like you know pay-per-view prelim fights but uh it's no big deal because we get three amazing fights at the end with valentina shevchenko actually probably having the toughest you know, fight of her title run so far, very arguably against 19-1 uh, Talia Santos. Um, but Blake, let's get into it. The fights we need to look out for the most, the ones that are guaranteed to hit. What are the Blake's bangers for UFC 275? All right. Uh, for 275, I'm going to go with Andre Fialho versus Jake Matthews. I just think these are two really impressive uh, welterweight contenders that are Rising up the ranks pretty fast. Fialho didn't didn't he fight like two times within two weeks or something crazy like not yeah. too long ago? Yeah, and yeah. both wins. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> and he's been getting pretty sweet finishes too. Like I think his mm-hmm. past two wins have been KOs. Um, so really really impressed with that guy. Can't wait to see what he does against Jake Matthews, another guy that just is very consistent and gets the W more often than not. I think his last fight, he might've lost to Sean Brady, but it was pretty competitive. If I'm not uh, mistaken, I think he got submitted, but, but still, he's, he's still a good I mean, it's a submission loss against Sean Brady. That's not the worst thing on your record. (laughs) Right. Uh, Moving on. We're going to have Brendan Allen versus Jacob Malkoon. I think this is going to be another good fight. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Allen is always kind of a, a a scrapper, a guy that kind of gets into these, uh, pretty hotly contested battles he's he's kind of up and down every now and then but it seems like it's always a, a fight that's worth watching so i'm mm-hmm. excited to see what he can do against malcoon absolutely and then uh finally the featured banger i mean i think this one it, it, anyone can see coming it's going to be young jay check versus uh way lee and that's just i think all we got to say that's it's going to be the the best women's fight ever times two what do you think about this it being the second one? Because uh, I might just be a Debbie Downer, but I don't think it's as exciting of in as much of a swing and bang contest as the first one is. I think this one's going to be a bit of a slower pace, a bit uh, more of a closer chess match than, than the first one. I hope you're wrong. Me too. Me too. But I just, 
I don't know, man. I can't, it's also a very hard fight to, you know, live up to. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, re- recreating that is going to be obviously super difficult, but they're both extremely high-level fighters, and mm-hmm. when they get in the thick of things, it's going to be there's there's not going to be anywhere to run or hide. You know, of course. Like they're gonna they're gonna be throwing leather, and uh, someone's gonna get hurt. I mean, both of them are probably gonna get hurt. So, so another yeah, hematoma coming up. I think it's just up. inevitable. Yeah, Johan's gonna it, get payback. He's just gonna give away Leah hematoma. Hey, we'll see, man. We'll see. My heart's definitely riding with Joanna. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, shout out to the Strideway Queen. I'm, I always like to ride with her. Um, and what do you think? Let's let's get into the to the brass tacks. These these three fights that we're going to um, focus in. Of course, we're going to drop our entire um, pre, uh, predictions for the um, prelims and the main card um, closer to fight time um, on our socials. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fourth and Long Media. Um, but your thoughts? Let's start things with um, Zhang Weili and Yuan Yin Jacek. I like Joanna in, in the rematch here. I thought she got it done the first one. I think even though I hopefully this layoff proves well for her as well. How are you feeling? I'm actually going to go with Wei Li. I think she's just still a stud. I don't know. Just a little. She's got a little more power to her. Mm-hmm. And I just think she's going to be able to wear down Joanna. Um, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with another decision victory. But it's gonna, hopefully it's as good of a fight as it was the first time. <laughs> I'll go decision in this one, and the winner of this fight is going to get the next title shot for the for the women's strawweight belt. Um, uh, you know, confirmed by Dana White that they are quote absolutely going to get that over the streaky Marina Rodriguez, which is somewhat disrespectful for her. But I also completely understand this decision by Dana because you know it, it's going to be a banger of a fight. <laughs> yeah. So it's all good. Also, the rankings are more of a suggestion anyway, instead of an actual guideline. We've known that for the last few years now or so. Um, hop into the uh, women's flyweight co-main for the title. Valentina Shevchenko takes on Talia Santos, the um, 19-1 record of Talia Santos. I believe she's also undefeated in the UFC. What do you think about this fight? Should Valentina Shevchenko be a little bit worried? I mean, least, I know she won't be worried, but maybe fans, fans of Valentina Shevchenko, should they be worried? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I definitely think it's not going to be a cakewalk, but I, I think <clears throat> I think Valentina's going to be able to get the job done. She's going to be able to find a way to expose this girl. Uh, I'm probably going to go with a third round TKO for Valentina. I like that. I, I'm hoping because Valentina, I mean, her last um, couple of fights have been f- funny because, uh, I mean, maybe maybe not the uh, one that gets Jessica Andrade, but that last one with Lauren Murphy, it looked like um, almost like she was just taking her time in that fight, you know, just kind of picking her apart. She ended up getting the, the TKO with elbows in the in the fourth round. Um, didn't look like she had a lot of, I guess, uh need or wanted to get going at it um because that's just how good she's been um you know uh her last um uh, th- three of her last four fights have ended in a tko from elbows so there's a great chance we get to see the same here i think talia pushes her i am going to go with valentina by decision valentina by decision let's see about that one um it should be should be an interesting fight for sure i'm definitely more curious about this fight 
um, in terms of the the winner than I was over Murphy versus Andrade uh, versus Maya, especially versus Chu Kagan, even uh, Kamarush. I think the last one like I was really interested in is probably maybe Yuani and Jacek back in 2018. So it. Feels like it might might have been a while, but um, let's hop into the main event here, Blake, because we have a big one for the light heavyweight division. We get the shrieking undefeated in the UFC, Yuri Prohaska, taking on Glover Texera, the veteran, in his first title defense. This is going to be a super uh, interesting one because, on one hand, I would love to see Yuri versus Jan Blachowicz for for the belt, but also it would just be insane to see Glover get a title defense. It, it, against a guy like this, maybe Yuri's—I mean, Yuri—he starts going crazy every fight he's in, and so maybe Glover's able to catch him and take him down, grab his back. Who knows? Um, Yuri does have a bit of a tendency to give up his back as well. I think this fight—I um, definitely don't think Yuri's just going to roll over, uh, or we're just going to roll over Glover. You know what I mean? I actually think he is going to roll over Glover. Really? <clears throat> oh. Okay. It's going to be round one KO for Yuri. Damn. I don't know. He could have, well, Dom Reyes put up a, a real, until that knockout, Dom Reyes put up a, a good fight against Yuri. <sighs> I'm t- I think third round, third round knockout for, for Yuri. How about that? How about that? We don't get championship rounds and you just don't think it's competitive at all. I just think Yuri's going to connect and he's going to send him to the Shadow Realm. <laughs> Glover to the Shadow Realm. He doesn't get to, to retire first. He's just going to be sent to the Shadow Realm. Damn. Well, luckily, no matter what, you're, um, Glover isn't going to be retiring after this fight. He said he wants one more after this one, no matter what. So, uh, But also, we'll see. It depends on the kind of brain damage he gets or does not get against Yuri Prohaska. Uh, and there's uh, anyone that goes against Yuri, there's a very good probability that they come away with part of their brain missing because that's just the kind of fighter that the... the I mean, any guy that, you know, fights f- with the Bushido code, that's like, uh, that's going to be my intention. Yuri's just kind of a, kind of a monster. Yeah, definitely. So, like, do you see the the leader promos or whatever? It's like you know, Bushido Code uh, keeps me keeps me calm and, and like so I don't kill anyone. That's um, that's a statement. Now, was it? I I feel horrible. Was it Yuri or Yan that has the the noose? Was that Yan? That's Yan. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, dude, I would dream scenario. Yuri wins, and Joanna wins. So we have a stadium pay-per-view in Poland. That would be nuts. That would be sweet. I think that would be a lot of fun. You know, Jan was saying they sell out the stadium. I don't doubt him one bit. I think the Poles would be all over that fight. Two of the biggest stars to ever come for that country. Oh, yeah. Also, the, yeah, the Czech's right there in Yuri Prochaska. So, I mean, the Czech's going to show up. So I... I would love for that to happen. Uh, but, yeah, uh, also going with Yuri here. Um, so we're split on Wei Li and Yuana, but we're also in agreement when it comes to Shevchenko and Yuri Prohaska. I like that. I like those predictions. Drop your predictions in the comments or hit us up over on our socials or just wait till we drop our full predictions when that comes out as we get closer to the fights. But 
Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it for UFC Talk 91. Let us know your thoughts. What do you think about potential fight taking place in the Roman Coliseum itself? Should the UFC recreate it? I know it would be a hell of a lot better than the Apex. What do you think about Dan Ige's career? And is Volkov or Rosenstroik um, in a... Which one out of those? Who is in the weirder and arguably tougher position when it comes to their next fight? And uh, let's know your thoughts on UFC 275. Is Valentin Shevchenko going to run into an actual challenge this time? That we, we will see very, very soon. But Blake, your thoughts on... Your thoughts on fighting lions in one word or phrase? Uh, not a good maneuver. Not a, not a, not a good option. Try and get out of that. <laughs> you'd be, you'd be a great coach, man. That's why I don't have you. On. I'll, I'll have a guy both hooks in with his uh, arm around my neck and be like, "Don't, don't be there, man. Get out of there." Shouldn't have gotten that position. That's what happens a couple times in training. Like my coach would just been, I'll just be in a horrible spot, man, um, during jitsu. And coach just go, looks over like, man, you should have got there. Yeah. Like, Thanks, coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I need this LCL to heal so I can get back to training. Sweet DM, I miss it. And I miss, well, no, I don't miss. I just love you guys. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Twitter. Instagram, Rumble, um, Twitch as well. Go ahead, check us out there. Uh, but with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, hopefully you enjoy a earlier pay-per-view again this weekend with UFC 275. Hopefully all your favorite fighters win. And we'll see all of you in the next one. Catch you guys later.